Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today I'm speaking with Mr. Warren Tuttle, the Open Innovation Director and President of the United Inventors Association. Mr. Tuttle is a one-time Abraham and Strauss buyer. He later founded the Good Food Store and Complete Gourmet Kitchenware Retailer in Darien and Greenwich, Connecticut. He's been president of the UIA nonprofit group since 2009. Uh, good afternoon, Warren. Thanks for having me. First today, Warren, maybe you could give our listeners a brief overview of your background and connection to startups, including your involvement with the UIA. Sure. So I, I'm no longer a young uh, pup. I've been out of college a good 40 years now, and I've, I've had nine of my own businesses, so I have a very entrepreneurial background. But I did start a number of my own uh, retail stores, gourmet food and cookware stores years ago in Connecticut. That was my first foray into my own business. And while I was doing that for about 15 years, uh, I met an inventor, a guy who invented a product called Misto, the gourmet olive oil sprayer. I ended up teaming up with uh, him. His name was Tom Risch, and we took out this product that sprayed olive oil so you didn't have to use Pam. It was totally natural and so forth. And uh, we sold millions of these and it sort of changed my life and opened me up to the world of innovation and inventors. So uh, I've since then have gone on and had a number of other products. I've leveraged that into my own business where I actually uh, consult or outside contractor helping run innovation programs at several large uh, U.S. companies in different fields. And along the way, I, I got involved charitably with a nonprofit inventor group and led to my sort of national involvement with the United Inventors Association, which is the largest uh, national nonprofit 501c3 for inventor education in the U.S. And now I'm, I'm the president. So uh, that's sort of my quick background. Great, Warren. I was going to say, I have one of those self sprays in my kitchen. So yeah, I apparently <laughs> sold them to many people. Yes. Well, secondly, I wanted to ask you, are, are there general parameters for getting started in a particular business segment with a new product? You know, whether it's, I know you have familiarity with kitchenware, whether it's kitchenware, hardware, toys, or sporting goods, or is it all the same? In other particular factors that inventors should keep in mind related to their particular business segment? For instance, you know, the, the, the broad question, how do they protect against someone stealing their idea? Sure, sure. And and and, and in, in most consumer goods, and very the industries are very similar. So if you take, you know, housewares, exercise equipment, health and beauty, uh, that type of thing, which is sold in products to consumers and through retail and so forth, it's pretty similar. I mean, the margins are a little bit different. The industries are a little bit different, like toys are a little bit different than sporting goods and so forth. But but basically, it starts the same way. You get an idea. You have to develop a prototype, which proves function. You keep working on that until you have something. And then once it's, you finished and or at least gotten far enough along so that it works, uh, there are certain functions to that product that are patentable, utility patentable. So typically, we like to see people develop prototypes that work and then file some sort of utility uh, intellectual property or patents with it so that you own um, property, which you could either then use to take the product directly yourself to market, quite difficult, or license it to a larger company or, or entity. And what would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions inventors should keep in mind today when they're developing their product to bring to market? And how long does this bring to market process typically take? Well, good question. So I would say the biggest single misconception is that it's easy. It is not easy. There are, are companies and folks out there that sort of, you know, I think it's to some degree take advantage of inventors where they tell them it's an easy product process if you have an idea you know help us guide you through the process and and, and charge them for that and, and typically products that aren't well thought out do, do not advance inventing is is really hard work not so much the ideas that you come up with but then vetting them properly making sure uh, that you you have an idea if consumers really want it if there's enough people that really want it and it, it, it takes a lot of iterations and sometimes 
you know, inventions, uh, people spend six months, a year, even several years developing and working out all the kinks. Now, once you have something, if you were going to license it to a larger company, you know, that process can take anywhere from a few months if they really love the product and, and hit on it right away to a year, a year and a half before the deal is signed. And then further to continue development, to tool for that product, eventually produce it, package it and take it to market. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough haul and, and you have to sustain yourself and you have to be in for the long run on it. But this is why also a lot of inventors work on multiple projects at once. They don't put all their eggs into one basket. Uh, next, I want to ask you if you could talk about you know, some an- anecdotes about some of the most successful products you've seen inventors bring to market over your years in the business and some of the, maybe a couple examples of the worst. And you know what were the secrets of those who were most successful in their business journey? Well, l- let me talk about my own because it's... <laughs> That way I won't insult anyone. Uh, I've had a couple of huge hits. Uh, I mentioned Misto, uh, the olive oil sprayer. We sold millions of them. I had another one called Smart Spin, which was a storage container system for your kitchen cabinets. So we sold millions. But but uh, to answer your question about the worst one, I, I also was involved in one called a sauce. It was a saucepan stirrer that we called Stir Chef. It was an automatic stirring device that folded up into about the size of a coffee cup and uh, easily you know put away in a drawer so it didn't take up counter space. And when you wanted to use it, you pull it out and the arms would extend and it had a drop down paddle and you could put this on a pan and it was battery operated and you could stir things like risotto and soups and beans and so forth and and stirring is probably the most common given command in the cooking world so uh, this was guaranteed to be a big hit i took it to a trade show we took hundreds of thousands of pieces and orders everyone thought it was wonderful and then when it got to market it didn't sell it turns out that high-end folks the really gourmet chefs wanted to stir on their own and sort of put the love into the cooking. And lower end folks that didn't cook a lot didn't really give a hoot about stirring. So it was a colossal disaster, you know, and I, I almost lost my home and all that good stuff. So it really, uh, it can, it, you know, it, it taught me the lesson that sometimes you race to market if you don't do your full vetting, if you don't if you take shortcuts and so forth, that you can miss uh, telltale signs along the way. And you need to be very deliberate when you're inventing and bringing a product to market. Ask you next, what your opinion of these TV shows such as Shark Tank and CNBC's The Profit, which actually stars the chairman of the camping world in our sporting goods sector, Marcus Lemonis. You know, what do you think of those two shows that recognize and fund startups? And what are some of the other avenues that young inventors should consider? Sure. Well, I, I first of all, I think the shows are generally good in that they inspire interest and pursuit and to that end, I, I like them. My, my understanding and awareness of Shark Tank, and I, I probably know more than average folks, but I know a lot of people have gone on. I mean, the show, it, it's its Hollywood. It's staged. It's They might give an offer, and maybe that offer doesn't exist the next day. So so I understand that. They're trying to, uh, to portray something on TV, but I think a lot of the fundamentals behind it are ones that, uh, I don't know, sometimes I get the feeling that they exploit inventors a little bit. They look a little bit goofy and so forth, and I don't like that part of the show. But I guess anything that gets the, the word out and anything that that advises and teaches people and in the long run is good. We try to, with the United Inventors Association, be ridiculously pure. We try to uh, counsel people. We don't we don't charge them and we don't try to take advantage of them. So I, I think that uh, overall, I would I would say that the, the shows uh, are, are positive, but but everybody should go and you know, watch them and just with one eye open is what I would say. Yeah, before I get to the last question, Warren, I just want to ask you, I saw you uh, recently at the PGA show in Orlando and I know you go to a lot of trade shows. Can you offer any anecdotes or anything about inventors inventing uh, of products as it relates to the sporting goods industry? Sure, sure. So so with the United Inventors Association, we run a number of inventor pavilions at, at a lot of shows, including the PGA show, the National Hardware Show and others. And it's always a great experience because these are inventors that are a little bit up the food chain 
not only did they have an idea and, and built a prototype and pursued a patent, but they've actually produced almost market-ready goods. They have booths and so forth. So when they make the uh, jump to come to a show like that, an industry trade show, it's really quite uh, challenging for them. And for some of them, it's the first time, but it's a great opportunity to get right on Main Street in the in the particular industry that they're trying to exploit. What I love about the PGA Golf Show, it's not a, it's not a huge show by, by American standards, but the inventor area there had some amazing products and the enthusiasm of the people that were displaying there was second to none. What I found this year was that the products were a lot more technologically advanced than they'd been in years past. A lot more app-oriented, a lot more um, CADs to see your swing on screens. Uh, A lot of, you know, the tech world is certainly certainly making an impact now. Some of the products I felt you you could have just as easily seen them at the Consumer Electronics Show a month earlier in Las Vegas. So I I would imagine that that's happening. Uh, You know, there's the the good old sporting goods that we know from from childhood, but I would say technology is is making more of an impact, particularly in the sports world where you have training aids and things can record you more, analyze you more and all that type of thing. So I'd say that's the biggest development, but it's a fabulous uh, arena to be in and and the golf area is very exciting. Great, uh, Warren. And lastly today, I just wanted to ask you if you could offer a a bit of guidance about any of our listeners who may be interested in, in getting started with bringing their dream product to reality and working with the UIA? Sure. So um, if you feel you're one of those folks that's an inventor, you uh, the type of person that always sees how you can make something better and that sticks with you, first thing I would suggest to you, no matter where you live in the country, is Google a local inventor club. There are hundreds of them around the country, out in rural areas and in cities, and you can get to meet like-minded folks. A lot of times they meet monthly. So no matter where you are, you can also go on the UIA website, which is uiausa.org. And on the site, we have a list of clubs around the country. You could also go on the United States Patent and Trademark Office website, uspto.gov. They also have a list as well. Uh, That's a great place to get started. You know, there are literature and books out there, but there is no supplement for talking and speaking with other people that have been through the experience. And I found in the inventor world that we all, or many folks are open to sharing that experience. So that's, that's really where I would get started. If you have a particular industry that you're inventing for, like say golf or sporting goods, housewares or hardware, whatever it is, I really strongly recommend going out and visiting one of the trade shows in your industry. Usually there's a national show. Sometimes it takes a little effort to arrange your schedule and to fly out there. But if you walk a show for two or three days, you'll really get a cross section of what's going on nationally and even around the world uh, in the category that you're trying to exploit. So those are two places to get started. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, anybody uh, whoever wants to reach out to me directly at www.tuttle.yahoo.com. If I, I don't always get back the same day, but I'm happy to answer your questions and and point you in the right direction. Warren, I'm sure you've met many, many millionaires in your day or inventing a millionaire. People want to be millionaires with their invention. Thanks very much. I've been speaking with Mr. Warren Tuttle, Open and Innovation Director and President President of the United Inventors Association. You've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.